All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. This is Greg Olson, and I'm thrilled to introduce my new podcast, TE1. TE1 will chronicle a 60-year evolution of the tight end position, from its origins as an obscure, overlooked blocking role to the versatile superstar position that it is today. I'll explore the evolution of the position through conversations with some of the all-time game-changing tight ends. And just like the incredible tight ends we sit down with on my new show, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. This truck is all about grit, strength, and dependability. The same attributes it takes to be a tight end. This is a Web Canopy Studio production. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Dropping the Gloves, a Stanley Cup edition, Tim. We have a wiener. We have a wiener. The Tampa Bay Lightning have won. What should we call this year? Because is it, is it the COVID Stanley Cup or is it just another Stanley Cup? But anyways, we'll get to that in a second. Congratulations, Tampa Bay Lightning. Congratulations, Tim. Congratulations, NHL. I thought, all in all, this whole navigating of this pandemic the nhl did a really really great job they really did out of all the sports leagues i would say well obviously basketball is doing a fantastic job i think hockey is right there with them they they kept the hockey entertaining they kept the players safe they the production on the ice was great just the way the game was shot there wasn't as many as like i thought with the no fans you would hear more chatter on the ice you would hear more just chirping and this and that back and forth coaches talking to players players talking to other players and such but it it wasn't as noticeable as as I thought it was going to be so that was kind of a letdown but other than that minor thing I thought the NHL did a great job of just handling this whole thing obviously there was a little hiccup with the families coming to the bubble that affected a little bit of the you know the morale I think I talked to Pavs and he's like yeah the Canadian families they can go but the Americans they can't come at all just because of the travel ban so I don't know all things aside it was a tremendous success I wonder how much revenue they generated I know it was great for the fans gosh remember I sent that tweet out months and months and months ago saying that the league's gonna start July 1st or something like that and everybody just yeah. ripped me a new one so it's just uh it's over Game six, Stanley Cup winner, 
Tampa Bay Lightning, their second Stanley Cup in a very short franchise as far as time in the NHL. They've, they've been doing remarkably well for, gosh, they, they've only been in the league for, what, 25 years, I would think? Something so like good, that, yeah. Good for them. Um, good for Dallas for showing up. What, what was your thoughts on, um, A, we'll, we'll touch on the game just a little bit. They won two to nothing. I think the better team did win last night. Uh, Tampa just controlled the game. They were a good team. What, just, what are your thoughts on the game overall, Tim, the celebrations, all that kind of fun stuff? Yeah, well, first I'll echo what your sentiments about the, the tournament and the league. I mean, it was a, the league did a great job with it. I mean, the quality of the hockey was just incredible. The, uh, the teams were all in. The whole bubble thing worked really well. Back when people you know, thought it couldn't or, or thought it was overkill or thought it wasn't enough, um, and, and it turned out to be really just perfect. So, so kudos, stick taps to the NHL right there. Um, stick taps. Oh, yeah. my. We don't know. Come on. Let's not be one of those podcasts. <laughs> stick so, taps. Uh, the game six was, was a really good game. I mean, it was, it was the Lightning were the better team, like you said. They were really were from start to finish. Uh, Dallas had their chances, and especially the last couple of minutes were, were just really, really exciting. Even when you knew when it was like 40, 30 seconds left and you knew that the comeback wasn't over or it was, the comeback was, was impossible, the, the tension was still there. I mean, Sagan, Heisken, and Klingberg, Pavelski all just ripping shots on that. And, and you can see Tampa's stars are just diving in front of pucks, blocking shots with their chest, their face, their legs. Um, they knew what it take to win. They wanted it so bad. They knew how close it was, and they were willing to, to make those final sacrifices. There really is nothing in sports quite like a last-minute push for a goal in the NHL when the other team is just, like you said, doing everything they can to score that goal. The six guys, their sole goal is to just get the puck on the net, and the five opposing guys are literally diving in front of every single puck, face first, sticking hands and feet, whatever they can to get in front of the lane. It is so exciting because it's just a constant, constant, constant onslaught of pressure. And it's like, is the dam going to break? Is the dam going to break? And it didn't break for Tampa. Man, sorry to cut you off. I just think there was no other comparison in any other sport of that final push for a goal to tie it, you know, to, to get back into the game. It's just so exciting. Anyways, go ahead, Tim. Sorry. No, I mean that was it. it was, and then you know the, the uh, when it was over, we kind of saw that cool, pretty cool for Vasilevsky again the shutout to win the cup, um, and kind of a different take on the whole trophy presentation. Well, first of all, uh, Hedman gets the con Smythe. Really, no surprises there. You, you, there's a couple of guys. Well, that, that, there was a guy. I don't know Kucherov. I guess Hedman did. He was putting up historic numbers for goals as far as defensemen go. Braden Point was their go-to guy throughout the whole playoffs. Kucherov was setting just the world on fire with the points he was getting. And then Vasilevsky played really well too. So I think there could be a case for, without a doubt, Kucherov and points. Like those guys. Yeah. Actually, there's a really cool stat. Uh, I don't know if you saw this graphic, but Kucherov had the most assist ever in a playoff run by a guy not named Gretzky or Lemieux. So that's pretty cool. That's pretty elite company there. Well, that's unbelievable. And the fact that he doesn't even get Con Smythe. Uh, do they vote for the Con Smythe? I don't know how that's awarded. Yeah, there's there's like 18 uh, play, or people that vote for that. I think that's mostly hockey writers. Interesting. Okay. I wonder what the final vote tally would have been if they, if they released that or not. That'd be interesting to know because, listen, Hedman is a, is a deserving winner of that trophy. He, he logged a lot of hard minutes, and he put up some pretty impressive offensive numbers. 
and he shut down other teams' top lines night in and night out. So good for Victor Hedman. I think it's, yes, well-deserved. The D-man getting a little recognition, finally. Guy, he's like 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, yep. He's a pretty impressive specimen. So, yeah, moving on to the cup presentation. I wonder when they decided they, they were going to do the little kumbaya campfire around the cup. I don't understand that. I, I, I was a little surprised that that happened. I didn't like it. I don't know. I, I think it looked strange. I think it took away from the actual Stanley Cup itself, and I think it took away from Steven Stamkos' moment with the Cup, and it just seems like almost they were getting the Eastern Conference trophy. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, I, at first I thought it was going to be because Stamkos wasn't going to skate with it, so they wanted to be, you know, by the, the carpet so he could do his thing, but then he skated off anyway, like, you know, so I was like, yeah. okay, so – I don't get it. Maybe someone can explain it to me. Tweet at us if you if you kind of get what they were doing. But overall, still a cool moment. I noticed they didn't, I'm, and, you know, the crowd's not there, so it's it's hard to get quite as hyped up as normal. But they didn't really skate around the ring. They kind of did a little, a little box, a little loop, and then they handed it right off. That's the one thing that I feel bad for Tampa Bay about is because in hockey, when you win, it's not just you and your teammates. You're, you're sharing this win with your family and friends like they're they're so much a part of the the experience and the win and that's that's the kind of the really bad part they they pick the cup up they're looking for their family they're looking for their kids and wives and parents and they're just not there it's like what's the point so i understand that i i just uh what i found funny this this must have been gary bettman's just dream cup giveaway because no one was booing him this is the <laughs> only time in the history where he has come on the ice and he hasn't just been relentlessly booed. So he, he probably loved that, but I don't know. It just didn't, it didn't seem like a normal cup presentation. So I bet they just got off the ice, started down in beers and they want to get back to Tampa Bay as soon as possible. Like they've been there for nine weeks. That's a long time. That is 63 days. That is two months. They've been away from their family, their home. They're just their comforts for 63 days. Like that's a long time, Tim. So they probably got on that plane right away, you know, had a few cocktails on the plane, touched down in Tampa Bay and threw a big shindig. That That's what I think they did. But I don't know. Overall, I think the best team won Tampa Bay. They pretty much cruised through the playoffs. Who was there? I don't know. Dallas, I guess would be their biggest test, but they never made it. Did they make it to a game seven? No. They beat the Islanders at five or six. They really did cruise through this playoffs. They were very minim- minimally affected by injuries. And they, I don't know, they were the best team. Let's let's talk about Dallas. How heartbreaking is it for the Dallas Stars to battle, to overcome adversity? They're the underdogs. I don't know. I thought they were going to pull it out. I'll be honest. I missed the first period because I was at my buddy's. We were smoking a cigar and having a bourbon. And... I looked at my phone. It was already 2 nothing Tampa Bay. And I was like, oh, man, unbelievable. And I just knew once they were down 2 nothing, like it's hard to come back when you're down 2 nothing. let alone in the Stanley Cup final game six. So how heartbreaking was that Jamie Benn interview after oh, the game? That was tough. He couldn't even answer the questions he was being asked. I felt so bad for him. And I, I just, I just want to shake the reporters because they kept asking the same questions that you know the answer. Is this, yeah. is this hard, Jamie? Is this, you know, hard <laughs> you, to swallow? What mean to you? Yeah, it's just like, come on, you guys. Like, he just lost the biggest game of his career. And 
in all honesty, they 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 will not get back there. There there's no way they make it back to the Stanley Cup final next year with just a regular season while it's played out. I just think there's teams that are going to get better. And that, that was their peak. This was their year. And how old, like I know Pavelski's 36, Perry's 35, Ben's in his thirties, Sagan's in his thirties. This is an older team and they really struck lightning in a bottle this year. And they ran with it. Hudobin, they have to re-sign him. This is a tricky thing with Dallas. Do you re-sign Hudobin? And if you do, what number do you give him? Because how many years has Ben Bishop locked up for still? Three more years. And what's his AAV? Just under five. You cannot be paying two goalies, unless you're crazy town, like 10 million bucks. Like, because Hudobin, he's, he's going to want three, five, I would think, after that run. He's proven he can take a team and take him to the Stanley Cup finals. It's very interesting. But then he's 35 years old. So they are just in a they're going to have to make some tough decisions this offseason. They really are because it was a great run. They have a good young core, you know, do they kind of reload and supplement some of the guys or do they just move on from the older guys, try to make a move while they're at their peak value and get something back for them? I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. I, I feel bad for them. They, they, just from pulling on heartstrings, I felt like I wanted them to win so much more than Tampa Bay. And I know I talked about that on this podcast, but man, it was tough to see that handshake line. And just, I don't know, good for Tampa, but man, just heartbreaking for Dallas. I usually don't feel as bad for a losing team as I do this year for some reason. Well, poor Pavelski too, right? Like we were all, the whole world was rooting for him. Um, it really stinks that he's, not, again, got so close. It's the poor guy. I don't know. Well, I wouldn't say poor guy. He he did some he I think if if anything else, he really stepped to the national stage and he excelled. And everybody kind of took notice, like, whoa, this guy is legit. He's a 36-year-old veteran, and he is just carrying this Dallas Stars team to the game six. To game six, excuse me. And I don't know. I, I think people took notice. Not that that'll change his life or anything. He's a very low-key guy, but I, I think it was good for him. He's, he set some records. Did he end up leading the league in scoring or at a point? get them by one. I, th- I think they were, they were, it was a horse race. It was fun watching those two guys go back and forth, but nah, I was just impressed with the run he's on. He's the highest scoring American play. That's the thing. If you were thinking about American goal scores in the playoffs, like he wouldn't even be, well, I guess he would be now that you know about it, but last year it's like, yeah, I'm glad he's getting the recognition that he deserves. Did, did you notice at all the, the trophy? I'm always, I love watching the trophy handoff and seeing like how that plays oh, yeah. off. It's like, okay, which kind of unwritten rules and respect and kind of even like there have been examples where a guy who was a healthy scratch was among the first couple of players to get the, I think it happened last year with the blues with, uh, uh, blanking on his name, but Thorburn. Yeah. 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 He was one of the first ones to get it. It happened this year with Colburn. Yeah. So he was number three after Hedman. Yeah. Um, I was shocked by that. I really was shocked. There's some veterans on that team who I thought maybe, well, and then this is the thing. It's like, okay, you turn around, you're going to give it to the guy who's in front of you. You're not going to yeah. be searching around. Like maybe the first few, you give it to the assistant captains. That's a no brainer. But then after that, you're not like, hold on. Sorry. Sorry, Kucherov. You won't even in the league for seven years. I'm going to give it to, you know, Bogosian. So yeah. there might be some of that in play where guys just really want to get their hands in that cup and they kind of step forward a few steps, but I don't know. I think they did a decent job. 
Stamkos gave it to Hedman. Hedman gave it to Coburn. Did Coburn give it to Bogosian? Bogosian to McDonough? No, McDonough was first. It was a run of defenseman there for a while. So, so want to hear something that'll blow your mind? So I first, did. some kind of crazy stat. That's the first time Zach Bogosian has ever played in the playoffs. No kidding. He has never made the playoffs before. He was on some bad teams. Atlanta, Atlanta to start. And Buffalo. And yeah, he was on some bad teams. And then wow. here's, here's the craziest one. Um, Zach Bogosian and Braden Coburn were both drafted by Atlanta Thrashers. They're the first players ever to be drafted by the Thrashers to win the cup. Really? No one, no one drafted by the Thrashers have ever, ever, ever won a cup before. That is an incredible stat. Yep. And and probably no one again will. Uh, I don't know all the players that are still in the league, but like Evander is the, is the big one that comes to mind. Yeah. I don't think – we'll see. Um, I don't know. San Jose is not trending upwards. That's interesting. Isn't that crazy? Danny Haley could come back. Was he paid or he was picked by Ottawa? Yeah, he was Ottawa. That is interesting. I didn't know that. Good, good step. When did you come up with that, Tim? You're so, so you know what I mean? A little pep talk a couple weeks ago. <laughs> you pick up your game. Look where we're at. Look where you're at. A little tough love. You've counted on restaurants and other accounting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed and they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. I was craving Olive Garden the other day. Tim, boom, DoorDash, Olive Garden to my door in 40 minutes. Piping hot, chicken Alfredo, tour of Italy. Thank you so much, DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off your zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE. So don't forget that's code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. The wait is finally over and football is back. Oh my God, the Bills are 3-0, Tim. It's unbelievable. The Patriots are 2-1, and one, so lucky. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Bet BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their wagering opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to the Bet Online website today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online. they are your online sportsbooks experts. Go ahead. I was going to say, do you want to dig in the numbers a little bit? Yeah, I was actually just saying, I, I, I wanted to kind of dig in to see where Tampa Bay sets up for next year. Or what other numbers did you want to talk about, Tim? No, that's it. That's what I want to look at. All right, excellent. So we, we kind of touched on Dallas. What are the chances of Tampa Bay repeating next year? They, they're pretty good. Um, so their entire core is locked up. On offense, the only players who aren't, you know, under contract for another season, uh, Patrick Maroon is a UFA. He's only 32. And then they got a couple of the young guys. Anthony Sorelli is an RFA. I'm sure they'll sign him. 
uh, Mitchell Stevens, a solid, you know, third, fourth line player. And then uh, Carter Verhage. I'm not sure how you say it. So those are the only four guys they got to renew. I don't know. Maybe Maroon moves on somewhere else. Um, but certainly Sorelli will be locked up. One interesting thing I did see, though, when I looked at that. So Yanni Gord, we talked about him quite a bit. Awesome fourth line player. He's He's been really effective, you know, all all ends of the ice. But a fourth line player nonetheless, right? What? How much do you think he makes? Well, gosh, he's been so undervalued, and I think this is his been his breakout year. I bet you he makes one point two. Yanni Gord. Yanni Gord makes five point one six. What? He's under, he's under contract for five more years. How does he make that much money? Are you Are you sure? Yes. He makes five point one million dollars. Yes. You're telling me that Yanni Gord signed a deal for twenty five million dollars. Yeah, I'm trying to find back when he signed it for thirty million dollars. So the last year was the first. This past year was the first year under. Wow. Yeah, that's incredible. That's a that's a big big ticket to swallow. But I guess hey, he's he's producing a five million dollar production rate. But he does a lot of things that don't end up on the score sheet. I guess. Well, interesting. Listen. Tampa Bay knows what they're doing. What's their back end look like? They're getting older. I know that, but they also have some young guys. Yeah, so this is where the big questions come in. They have only have three defensemen under contract right now. Victor Hedman, Ryan McDonough, and Braden Coburn. That means Sergachev, Chernak, Shen, Shattenkirk, Bogosian, all free agents. So That's- here's the deal. Coburn won't be there next year. He barely played this year. But he's he's under contract for one more year at 1.7. Yeah, so he's a good seventh guy, like – what is Sergachev? He's a restricted. They'll resign him. They'll yep. let Shen walk. Shattenkirk will walk unless he signs a team friendly deal. And that Cernak will resign too because he's an RFA, I believe, too. Yep. So, like, they're okay. Bogosian. Bogosian, he'll walk. You know what? I think he would sign a cap friendly, a team friendly deal as well. He's made his money. That's that's a good state to stay in. No state tax there. Um, what What does their space look like? They have projected cap space is just over five million, five point three. That's not a bad spot to be in. It really isn't. No, I saw a good deal, a good tweet the other day that it was like, yeah, it's it's really cool to win the cup, but like, have you ever seen a team with really good cap space? You know, because because people just value that stuff sometimes. Like, hey, sometimes you got to pay these guys what they're worth in order to win a cup, and then people get all excited when they clear cap space, so they open up opportunities. And uh, it doesn't always work out. Exactly. There, there's one thing to have cap space. There's another thing to actually take advantage of it and use it the right way. And Tampa has done that. They've signed their guys to good deals. Like, just list off the the dollar amounts these guys make. The, the points, the Kalorns, yeah. the Kutrovs. Like, it, so, it's just interesting. You can see different GM. Because this is all Stevie Eiserman's work right here. So Kucherov makes 9.5, Stamkos 8.5, Braden Point makes 6.75. That's going to be a steal. Uh, Palat makes 5.3, Gord makes 5.1, Tyler Johnson makes 5, Kalorn 4.4, Blake Coleman uh, 1.8 for one more year, Paquette 1.6 for one more year, and Barkley Goodrow makes 9.25. Wow. On the back, on the back end, good balance. you've got uh, quite a bit of money in the back end. Hedman's 7.8. Uh, for another five years, and Ryan McDonough is six point seven five for another six years. He's under contract until twenty five twenty six. That's gonna sting in about two yeah, years. He's thirty one. So, but he—that's the thing. He's thirty one, but he's played a million games. 
So he's been, th- I, I skated with him in the summer. He's a horse. Like he's just built like a, like a mule. Or I guess I just said horse. I should stick with horse analogy. But <laughs> played a ton of playoff games and he's played a ton of hockey. So I don't know. He might be wearing down a little bit. You saw it this year in the playoffs, but I think they're set up nicely. Obviously there's a few contracts that are maybe a bit off, but I think they're on the right side of a lot of contracts and they are on the wrong side of them. So would not surprise me if the Tampa Bay lightning came out of the East. I think the East, it's funny how the NHL goes. It ebbs and flows where the power is the West, the East, the West, the East, the powers in the West right now. It seems like the, the majority of the strong teams are out West. There's Vegas, there is Colorado. There is Vancouver is up and coming. In the East, the powerhouses are starting to die off. Washington, Pittsburgh, those teams are starting to get old. Boston, they're showing their age. There's not really this young group that's up and coming like you see in the West. So I don't know. Tampa could ride this wave. They could be the Cleveland Cavaliers of the East for a few years now if they just kind of keep their head on straight. So anyways, why would you text me? Okay, on. I did that like an hour ago. Man, I told you my, my phone is so bad. Ugh, it's just terrible. But anyways, I, I truly believe Tampa. Who in the East could compete? Toronto? No. You don't think Toronto? And don't say Boston because I, I think their window is passed. I really do. I, I just think after the experience Tampa gained this year, they, they're the team to beat by far, and nobody is in their category, especially if you have Stamkos back at full speed for his full season. That makes them even dangerous, more dangerous. Yeah, I mean, uh, okay, I don't know. I don't think Toronto's in their league. I mean, there's a lot of bad teams in the East. Detroit, a, yeah. Buffalo, Ottawa. Um, Devils. Yeah, so I don't think Columbus is in their league. Carolina's, Carolina's on the upswing, but they got a few years before they're close to touching Tampa. I guess the Rangers could be a potential threat, but that they're a few years off. I actually just saw something where line A could be connected to the Rangers. Now that would be interesting. That would be really interesting. I don't know if um, Jeff Gordon, their GM has enough kind of swag to kind of pull that deal off. If he has enough chutzpah, but imagine that getting him in there, a cup of caco and this young Lafernier and man, what, what a forward group you've have in there. But them aside, like I truly believe Toronto would be their only competition. If Toronto just gets their head screwed on straight and starts to play hockey the right way, they could be a real threat. If I'm Toronto, I'm looking at Tampa Bay, I'm taking notes. I'm like, okay, this was a team who struggled in the playoffs for years. They didn't know how to win. Who did they go out and get? What did they do? Maybe just try to, you know, emulate them just a little bit. Toronto, just, just a little bit. They should sign Bogosian. That would be a good defenseman for them. Yeah, Bogosian, I think his name is bigger than his actual game. He, he's got a great name in the NHL, but he would be um, a 5-6 guy for them. You know, a solidifying guy, but they don't like that. They don't like the – they like the wheel and deal and up and down the ice. I don't, you I think don't he could be basketball. like a Muzzin type player for them, a Ron Hainsey, where he's I like – I think he could be a Hainsey. Muzzin is a sneaky good offensive player. He really is. Like, I, I think he moves the puck well. I don't think he gets his due on the offensive end because he really is – like he's not lighting the world on fire. He's not filling up the score sheet every night, but you know, he's, he's not a bad offensive player, but Bogosian's a good player. I, I would like to see him there. I just don't see Dubas getting away from his, his scientific plan, his mad plot to kind of change the way hockey's supposed to be played in the NHL. So I don't know. We'll see how it turns out. I, I don't know. I'm impressed. 
Tampa did a great job. Dallas did a great job. It would have been exciting to see a Tampa, Colorado, a Tampa Vegas final, but those, those bad news bears, Dallas stars spoiled everybody's fun and kind of ran a rough shot through the Western conference. And, you know, they almost stole the Stanley cup. That would have been really fun to see them, see them celebrate. I would have been invited to that party. That's a bummer. And then obviously me as well of by course. association. You could have FaceTimed in, of course. You know, it was it was neat seeing that the handshake. You mentioned Yager. He he's been connected to a Stanley Cup guy for the last twenty five years or something, or four forty decades. years since nineteen eighty. Yeah, I, I know. I just watched the handshake. I'm like, I played with you. I played with you. I played with you. I played with you. I skated with you in the summer. I know it's kind of cool to look at that. It'll be sad in like five years when I and I won't be able to do that just because you know my time has passed and it happens. You know. Yep. Anyways, Tim, I think that's enough. Now that the hockey is over, now we can get into fun stuff. Oh yeah, we don't have to. We don't have to analyze stuff anymore. Maybe we scale it back to one show a week. Maybe we do one show a month. One a month, yeah, that's fine. We can maybe scale it back just a tad because there's uh, not more more time for activities. Oh, you love your activities. Yeah. How was how was the date with the yoga lady? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> was it good? Stop it. All right. Is your diet over? Today is the last day. What are you going to celebrate with once the diet's over? So here's the part. I know you're going to roast me for this. You can't just start eating whatever you want when it's over. There's a whole like reintroduction process where like you, you introduce one food group again for like a few days and then you go back to the diet for two days to kind of clear it and then and then do another food group. And so you basically like you can't just have pizza because you haven't had dairy or gluten or, you know, grains for 30 days so if you get it and then you start feeling crappy you don't know which it is you gotta you gotta like measure one thing at a time um so i gotta this, this that thing's gonna take like three weeks to do that whole process so what if you feel crappy if you eat some cheese you're just not supposed to eat cheese anymore yeah i always feel crappy when i eat cheese anyway but really uh, yeah but uh i i kind of choose my battles there like I'm not going to buy a frozen pizza because it's not worth it, but like a really good pizza or a cheeseburger from a nice restaurant. Like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll choose my battle there and, and okay. suck it up. That being, that being said, your diet ends tonight, tomorrow. Yeah. What are you eating? What is your first thing on your yeah. list? I got to I'm thinking like the grains. So bread, rice, pasta, that kind of stuff was such like a staple of my diet. I haven't had it in a, in a month. So That'll be the stuff that I do over the next few days. Um, and then you probably beginning of next week, I'll, I'll pause again. And then, I mean, even beer, I, that, I can throw that in with that stuff too. Um, and then I'll pause and, and see how I feel. And then uh, I think the first one is going to be like probably pretty hard. I bet it hits my stomach and, and like a rock, you know, we'll see. I don't know. Need, I'm going to text you how I'm feeling. A nice pesto pasta not too intense you know nice oil-based sauce with a nice glass of wine that's what you need to do treat yourself i think that I sounds know. delicious well i haven't eaten out in a month either like i've cooked everything myself because you just don't trust what's out there so that's going to be a treat too tomorrow night to go what's your restaurant you're going to go to i haven't decided yet oh I tim decided. i would have been thinking about this the whole month <laughs> i know like, i'm going to bubba's and i'm going to get a greasy burger then I'm going to go over and have, grab a beer at Seven Monks. That, I would have just been like, or oh, I'm going to Rare Bird and just crushing cheese curds. Like that, yeah, I but that's just, the thing. I can't, I can't have those things. 
yet. So, was it worth it? I don't know. We'll find out. I mean, you it was fun. Haven't jumped on a scale yet? No, I haven't. No, tomorrow. Oh, what what did you weigh before? Uh, two fifteen. How tall are you? Six three. Why did that take so long? What takes so long? To tell me how tall you were. I did. I did answer it right away. No, you you pause. That's usually you know your height right away. That's a strange. So, have you ever had a body fat test? No, no. It'd be interesting to know how much body fat you have on your body. Would you like to know? I would because two fifteen is a good weight for six three. That's a healthy weight. Yeah, but it's very deceiving. You could be two fifteen and have like twenty five percent body fat. I'm interesting. Not at my not at my height though. You definitely could. Yes. Twenty-five percent body fat. Yeah, take your shirt off. Let me see. No, Tim, come on, it's for science. I can eyeball body fat. <laughs> it's That's for science. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you know All what yours right, is? Well, Do you know what yours well, is right now? Your body I, fat. I hovered my playing weight around seven to eleven percent. So I'm guessing right now I'm at like sixteen to eighteen percent. Yeah, I've definitely gained some body fat, but my weight has stayed the same. So that's why I know I'm gaining gaining fat, losing muscle. So I, yeah, I'm around 16 to 18%. I would guess. I would guess. There's a way to calculate. I just don't know. You have to sit in the bathtub and weigh your... I don't know. There's a way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> See the water displacement, I think. I'm not entirely sure how that works, but I don't know. If you want to come over, we can do that. Yeah, yeah. I'll bring my bathing suit. I'll start, I'll start the tub. All right, everybody, we have plans. I hope everyone's doing well, and we will talk to you on Friday for a fun episode. We should maybe play some games. I don't know. Just tune in. Tell your friends. Cheers, everybody. Hey, guys, thanks for listening. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at Dropping Underscore Gloves for episode highlights, behind-the-scenes content, sneak peeks, and giveaways. Check out johnscottallstar.com slash shop for merchandise, including T-shirts, hats, hoodies, and so much more. And please, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's so important to helping us grow so we can keep delivering the hockey content and interviews with the players you love. Thanks, and see you next time.